2: the size of the fight
3: in the door. What's up Degenerate Nation welcome to the big bets on campus podcast presented by bet MGM. This is the week nine college football betting recap. I'm Stucky and joining me as always is Colin Wilson. Colin,
2: how goes it? How was your week nine <laughs> uh, it was a battle. I mean, I finished up barely in the green. I needed Fresno and San Diego State to go over. You know, <laughs> thank God for my Aztecs and for Jake Hander to send it over. Battle all day, all day, and then and what's crazy is stuck is on BBOC. We were on fire. You went undefeated. I went five and one. Brett went four and two. We were uh, we were on fire on the show, but man, every game outside of that, a battle, absolute battle.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I had another good Saturday. I don't know when the run is going to end, but I will certainly take it. They always do come to an end. But yeah, I'm glad that we all can make some money again. Uh, It was a 70% October for me. I doubt that's going to be the same thing for November, but hopefully we can push the regression off a little bit. It was a fun Saturday. You guys certainly had fun because it was the most amount of voicemails we have ever received by far. Our one producer, David, who initially edited the voicemails he got he cut it down to 33 minutes and then send it to mitchell and mitchell's like we can't do 33 minutes of voicemails so he cut it down to 23 minutes so uh we'll talk about some of the games we'll do best call worst call bet regret and uh we'll get out of here because we have by the way big bets on campus live on saturday mornings We just were talking about that show 10 30 a.m eastern should is back i finished my mac manifesto this morning that'll be up tomorrow we will have a weekly show on the mac and that will be broadcast on Tuesday nights. Weekday Maction is back. There's a lot to talk about there. And then we'll still have our new BCS show, which comes out Tuesday mornings with myself, Colin, and Brett McMurphy. So that's where we'll talk about some of the openers, any games that we like. Uh, I think we went 3-0 and again on the new BCS show. We'll talk about some action on the Mac show. So I'm very excited for that. But let's uh, let's just get right into these voicemails because you guys were – I listened to them at a the time. You guys are fiery.
4: Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you.
1: You have reached the voicemail box of The Big Bets on Canvas podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes.
3: Leave a message after the bleep.
1: Just spent about 10 minutes trying to call this phone number so I could talk about this targeting call in the Washington State-Utah game. Of course, I've got Washington State money line. Of course, I've got Washington State wrapped up in a couple round robins. Of course, I've got plus seven and a half. They're looking like they are controlling this game. This linebacker hits the hole against a running back. third are two on the two goddamn yard line. What the f***? And they're calling him targeting. You're just supposed to lay down and let the guy, oh, yeah, hey, why don't you go in the end zone? I mean, I'm sure you're going to talk about this. I don't even know. Do. It's Thursday. It's Thursday night.
3: We're going to – this is how this weekend is going gonna to go. Okay, it's Thursday night. Fuck this. Utah game very interesting. Sometimes you get rumors of these things. I had no idea that Cam Rising was even potentially going to be out, and then their backfield was out too. I'm glad that we got the cover. Yeah, the, there was two card-targeting calls in that game that were just – like, cause then you, then you have the refs now that want to make up, do a makeup targeting call. And it's just yeah. insane. Like defensive tackle, making a, a tackle by the goal line. Come on. But yeah. Cam rising being out crazy. And, uh, Utah gets it done. They had all kinds of injuries. Their best player. Kincaid also went out for a while after he like, just took over the game for a, a quarter. And uh, that was the best possible outcome for you. Cause you got to cover yeah. with Washington state and Utah stayed alive. Uh, so you kind of walked the
2: fine line there and got the one to seven point win. Yeah, I tweeted that after the game. It was like, okay, well, the Utah futures are alive. Although I don't think they look as good at that. I do not feel good about them whatsoever. And Washington State gets the cover. But if you had a money line on Washington State, that was, I mean, you just had to throw up all over in front of your TV watching that because calling targeting on somebody that basically is lining up in a hole, ready to hit a ball carrier coming through a gap. That I mean, targeting was created so that defensive backs would quit throwing their bodies like javelins into wide receivers down the field. This is not what targeting is supposed to be, or and quarterbacks, you, or launching or at quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, come on. And of course, and it was their
3: best. That was like their best player too on defense. Yeah,
2: nice, nice job, Pack twelve. Did us. you hear anything about rising? By the way, like is it? No, I mean, so it's he's not available. He's not available, and nobody has said why that he went through warm ups uh, with the first team, and then right there when he got done with it. He said that something just doesn't feel good, and so is this Barnes kid? He's he's like he doesn't have a scholar. Is he is he non scholarship?
3: He was the kid who came in last year after the Utah meltdown, and he got the he threw that touchdown pass at the back of the end zone, which ended up getting them the cover, and then Ohio State didn't have timeout, so they just kicked a field goal at the goal line. That that was the kid who came in last year. Yeah, obviously nowhere close to as talented as. Cam Rising, so we'll have to watch that. Uh, speaking of the Pac-12, Cal. Cal was one of my losers. Oh, my God. So annoying. Go for two. Like, wh- why are you not trying to cut the game down to 16? So, of course, it's 17 and a half. And then they kept scoring, and it would go to 18. And they would kick the, they would kick the extra point to make it 18. It's, it, did, it ultimately didn't matter. You would cut it to 17, but then you would have to try to cut it to 16 if they scored again. But Oregon got the cover. I thought Cal played well. They had over 400 yards of offense. The Oregon defense is still a problem, but the offense is just a juggernaut. Bo Nix season. All right, moving on.
1: God damn it, Colin. I listened to the damn radio show this morning or podcast, whatever you call the damn thing. Oh, BYU, East Carolina. Neither one of these two teams can run the ball or will run the ball. It'll be pass, 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 pass. God damn, I just watched Army and Navy play each other. I bet the over. Oh, it's going to pass, pass. They're going to pass. They're going to pass. Son of a bitch. I thought I just watched Army-Navy. These are two pitiful-ass teams. Big shout-out to the G5 guys for putting me on East Carolina and over in the Charlotte Rice game. Two thumbs down to Colin for talking me out of both of them and losing me all my money. Thanks, Colin. We'll see you again next week.
3: I said that too. I was on a green dot daily and I, I said the same thing. And that game should have went over, by the way. I, I do agree that I don't know why BYU stopped throwing it as much in the second half. Uh, they were running it way too much. But, you know, both teams, you know, there was like 800 yards of total offense in the game. Here were the last, I don't know, it was 24 24 midway through the third. You feel pretty good. You're going to get to 62. ECU drives 70 yards, misses a 40 yard field goal. BYU then turns it over on downs, then ECU drives, turns it over on downs, and then BYU punts, and then ECU drives the length of the field, then makes a field goal, and it ends 27-24. The last, like, five drives, they just went down the field and didn't score. Sometimes that happens. Uh, BYU also had a 70-yard drive that I didn't mention. but They turned it over on downs. Like, there's a lot of points in that game. I do agree that BYU should have thrown it more, but I the the under the, I would have played that over again. If I if I could go back in time, even though it didn't hit anything.
2: Yeah, BY BYU uh passing down success rate in first and fourth quarter. Zero percent. Zero percent. So uh kind of on the team, kind of on the offensive coordinator. Yeah, and the, the BYU defense is still bad. I mean, ECU ran it 36
3: times for 230 yards. Something to keep in mind because they already lost their backup running back. Mitchell, who who is a stud, Keaton Mitchell, who ran for like a hundred and eighty yards, he got hurt. On the final play, like the final drive, went out was like crying. I think it was a concussion. They do have a bye, and then they play Cincy as ECU continues to run through the future Big Twelve. uh <laughs> They beat UCF and then they beat BYU, and next up, the Queen City in Cincinnati. All right, moving on.
1: Watching Big Bets on campus live this morning, and Stucky, what is it with your face when Colin and Brett are talking? You look like the most depressed, angry man there is. And then as soon as it's your turn to go, you're happy and you're ready. You got some real breast and face there, man. It's great. Honestly, don't change it. I love it. Keep up the good work, boys.
3: I like that. It's constructive feedback. See, so yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch it back and see if I should be more expressive. I can't help that I have a face for a podcast. Yeah, and I don't mind catching some strays for... Look, if the picks are all going well, that's fine. I will take strays for my resting dick or bitch face, whatever is said. You know, it's it's
2: not as easy as people
3: think.
1: Riding
4: Club Lit again. Dude, Club Lit needs John Taffer from Bar Rescue in there. The beer's too warm. food's unsanitary. The lights are dim. It just sucks. If you recommend Charlotte again, I'm coming after you for a free drink.
1: Feeling good that we got our Charlotte money line tickets. Halftime update. Here we are. Every single person I've made eye contact with this afternoon, I said, That's Charlotte. Sprinkle money line. Here we are. You're going to have to build a statue for me, I'm telling you. Club lit back in business. Let's go. You hear that? That's Club Lit. We are open for business. Three more wins. We get over four and a half to the window outright every week. I don't care what it is. Let's go, boys. You two, best in the business. Keep it up. Love you guys. Charlotte. How about Charlotte minus 17? How about Charlotte minus 30? Because that's what they're about to do. You hear that music in the background? Yeah, we're out here at Club Lit. Let's go, Charlotte. Sticking with you, Stuck. Great work. Keep up the great effort. I love it. Great, sh-. Colin. Under sixty for Charlotte and Rice. Not even close. You have that projected at forty-six. How? How? And then Colorado State, Boise, projected thirty-six over under forty-four. I hit the under forty-four. That might hit in the the over might hit in the first half. That is crazy. Where on earth are you getting these fucking predictions from? I didn't know Club Lit served 50 burgers. Well, I guess I know where I'm eating tonight.
3: Yeah, so Charlotte, uh, I believe they're a punter. Rice also had a completion against Rice. Charlotte will probably be my best call because I would have caught so much shit if they did not get to the window, judging by how many people called when they did. Chris Reynolds, 16-19, to 255 touches. Charlotte also ran the ball all over Rice. Forty. They can't run the ball. 43 carries, 240 yards for Charlotte. Uh, Just a complete team effort. Once again, we see a team rally around a new coach. And, uh, yeah, I was glad Charlotte. 50 burgers at club lit. We are back. We'll be back next week against Western Kentucky. And uh, just, yeah, 33-point win is a 17-point dog. We'll take it. Club lit. We're back, baby.
2: Yeah, for those of you out there really upset with the uh, half unit play I had on the under on this game. And first off, if you're not into math, then then just you can not listen for the next 15 seconds. It is based upon yards per play differential. And it is based upon how you do in finishing drives. How do you do past the 40 on both sides of the ball? Charlotte is, you know, like 70th on offensive finishing drives. Rice is 98. These two teams are not very fast. 26 and a half seconds for Charlotte, 29.7 seconds for Rice. And then I go to the box score. Charlotte had nine trips past the 40 yard line. 56 points 6.22 points that's insane right right touchdowns in a row that's seven touchdowns yeah. in a row when i'm playing overs and unders it's based upon how you do pass the 40 yard line on both sides of the ball and your tempo and your yards per play it's a mathematical thing it's not just where i feel like i'm like i'm throwing a dart or it's because i just kind of want to take the under so uh, apologies for charlotte having nine trips past the 40 yard line and averaging 6.2 points per trip That's crazy. By the the way, the Charlotte tour will continue home against
3: Western Kentucky. Then we're going to go to Middle Tennessee and win. And then we're home against Lock Tech. And uh, what's Charlotte's record? Oh, damn. They can't get the ball eligibility. All right. Moving on. Charlotte, free, free, free money. Anyone want to call about Charlotte again? We are riding them to the death. I'm just calling it because I know nobody – and Stillwater or Brett McMurphy or anyone affiliated with that fraudulent program.
1: Gundy, you have the dog. He's
3: catching one. Oklahoma State. The, oh, God, it was such fraud. I kept adding. I wish I added more. 48 nothing. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of the national picture. You're frauds. e baby. Ooh. Love you guys. I'm not sure how much cardio Stucky
4: does but the amount of running that he is doing on this victory lap of Oklahoma
2: State being frauds might be the most cardio he's done in his life. That's hilarious. Do you want to – do you need yeah, another – am catching
3: all kinds. Look, if, you get, if I give winners, I'll catch straights from – I have a Peloton in my gym that I uh, get on like once a month or something, maybe 12 times a year. That was, maybe that was my best call. Absolute frauds get dominated. 48 nothing. The last time an AP top 10 team – Lost by forty in a shutout. You know when nineteen sixty eight Cal beat Syracuse forty three nothing. It is the worst loss that a top ten team, which they shouldn't have been, has suffered in fifty years. Yeah, just absolutely dominated from start to finish. Never a question. Yeah, game was over a minute in. The frauds were frauds, and no one from Stillwater called in as I predicted. And yeah, that. But by the way, when I victory lap, that's like. Because there was about a thousand Oklahoma State people that were tweeting at me every day, and also I'm just trolling Brett McMurphy on the timeline. If he was even looking at Twitter, just trying to get his attention, he he will never retweet anything that's right about Oak State when they lose. But he always he'll always retweet me when I'm wrong about them. So yeah, great win for K State. Great win for your future, your K State futures. But yeah, we'll get to the other future in a little bit. But
2: moving on.
1: I'm so depressed. Ohio State's a better team. Well, we could have beat him. It's a good thing we have James Franklin for 10 more years. F***. <laughs> <laughs> He's back! Martin from Florida! Listen, it's just adorable for people to think
3: that V! I'll say it again. V! Ohio State Buckeyes aren't the best team in the country. I mean, listen, Penn State got their little backdoor cover, hashtag in the shower, but that's a different story. But let's be real. Nobody's better. Nobody's better than the Buckeyes. Nobody's better than the Action Network podcast. You adorable three gentlemen, you. But let's be real. How good is this Ohio State?
1: Goodbye.
3: All right. I'm really interested in your take on this game because, yeah, I'm glad that you caught – I went first half, and then normally if I, did, if I didn't know that you and Brett and others had Penn State for the game, you then I would have been rooting for Ohio State because then it's like, oh, I covered the first half, but not the game. But I was happy that Penn State got in the back door and a deserved cover. If you look at this game, so, like, first Penn State comes – I don't know how I covered the first half because it's like two picks for Clifford in the first two minutes, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get blown out. Then Penn State makes this surge. And if you look at the final box score, then they needed a backdoor. Crazy game. But if you look at the box score, Penn State finished with 30 more yards. They had 480 yards. They lost a the turnover battle for nothing. Basically, what it came down to was Sean Clifford threw three picks. He played well enough. Look, he was 32 of 47. He threw three touchdowns. He threw for 370 yards. But he also had three picks, whereas C.J. Stroud threw for 350, no picks. That was the difference in the game does what the right team covered but i'm curious what were your takeaways because we don't get many da- data points on what this ohio state team is gonna what it actually is before they get to the college football playoff this is certainly one against the quality opponent what do you what did you take away from that game either from a
2: box score perspective or just from what you saw with your eyes there were a couple of things that were confirmed when we played that you know, that they, they needed Mayan Williams to run the ball. We knew that Penn State, we said on the podcast that Penn State's secondary, best in the nation, especially from a pass break, breakup perspective, and that was evident from the second C.J. Stroud tried to throw on him. I mean, Penn State is is just dominant on balls that are in flight. I keep hearing C.J. Stroud Heisman, C.J. Stroud Heisman. He still had two turnover-worthy plays. I know he didn't have any interceptions. I know he had one touchdown, but he still had two turnover-worthy plays. It, it was not like a great showing for him as far as Heisman goes, but maybe I'm the only one that's seeing that. The whole who else of, is going to
3: win it? Who else do you think is going to uh, win it? Hooker?
2: Hendon Hooker, yeah. I mean, obviously, especially if, he, if they win this weekend coming up. We'll talk about that later. But Penn State's defense was legit. They brought it. I really feel like I deserve a T-shirt that says, I bet on Sean Clifford and cashed the ticket because that pick six at the end of the game for the cover I, I mean, I, it was like an out of body experience. It's like, I, I it's like my soul. It's like that movie cocoon from the eighties, like where my body came out and, and my whole skin just fell on the floor. And then somehow I'm laying on the floor and my wife comes up and she's like, what's wrong? Like, are you dead? And in the middle of this Sean Clifford's leading this drive with one minute left to get the cover. And I can't even celebrate because I'm already dead. You can't celebrate when you're dead. This kid's got to graduate. We got to get him out. There's a couple of like Bo Nix used to be this way. Like, I I can't handle this shit anymore. It's bad for my health. People forget that Penn State, you know, was down six
3: with five to go. And then, you know, you get Ohio State touchdown, Ohio State pick six. and But that game was very much in doubt. Like the whole recipe was
2: there. Everything was in the freaking bowl. The cake batter was being stirred. And Sean Clifford's just dumping that shit in the trash.
3: I agree that Stroud doesn't look as good as he should. But I will say that he will look better, and Ohio State needs a healthy Jackson Smith the Jigba if they're going to do any damage in the college football playoff. So his status is really important moving forward because you can tell they
2: just they miss him out there. Um, and his they almost doubled to- their season in drops. They had three drops yeah. coming into the season; they had two. So I mean, they're yeah, Marvin Harris Jr. had a great game, but they are they're still missing
3: the Jigba. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck? You guys brought
1: Nebraska out of fading them every single week since Mickey's been coach. Why the f- did you bring them out? Why? why Like you guys don't even mention Nebraska anymore. It makes no sense to me. They suck so bad, so bad. Illinois minus seven and a half was the best bet of the weekend. Y'all missed. Y'all missed big.
2: They suck. My bet regret for the weekend is not going to be Nebraska. How about you?
3: Yeah, I didn't bet Nebraska. Sorry we didn't talk about this game. I mean, it's Nebraska-Illinois. I don't think anyone was that excited. I will say, look, Illinois hasn't really played anybody, but their defensive metrics are still great. They held Nebraska to nine first downs, like two and a half yards per carry, 40% completion percentage. Regardless of the competition, I do think that Ryan Walters deserves heavy Royals award consideration. I'm I'm a big fan of his. But, yeah, I mean, Illinois hasn't really played anybody like I that's that's the problem, and once again, they weren't playing anyone this weekend. Um, but good effort and a, a nice cover, and uh, they haven't played any top fifty offense yet.
1: Hey, it's almost halftime. Love the guy's show. First time, in a long time. I just want to say, f-ing Mel Tucker, he's a f-ing terrible coach, and that team f-ing sucks. God damn it, Sparty. I guess Bodog Jim doesn't associate with gamblers unless those gamblers are the ones paying his f-ing paychecks. And pathetic running wide receiver reverse like there's up twenty two or two minutes left. Bullshit. Somebody needs to add Mel Tucker to the FBI's most wanted list for policing Michigan State out of however many gazillion dollars. Fucking. Michigan State will always be little brother as long as he's fucking there.
3: Fucking. I will say that I called that. I said the one thing you know that Michigan really wants the game that they won't let up late and they didn't they didn't take knees and they ran a play till the very last second and luckily they just ran out of room in time otherwise they probably would have scored a touchdown and covered uh hope and luckily they didn't get stopped on fourth they might have kicked the field goal or something i don't know what they would have done but luckily the time right now there was a, a pi on third and ten it was torturous to watch but uh yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to hate on Mel Tucker. If someone wants to pay me millions and millions of dollars to do nothing, I will happily take it. So good for him. Good for Sparty to, for covering the uh, inflated number.
2: Um, pretty boring game overall. Yeah, I think Michigan, I think I think Mel Tucker's already uh, playing golf and laying on a beach. Uh, I think his offseason is coming pretty soon. He's looking forward to it. They had three drives, only three drives crossed the 40-yard line. They only scored once. Two point three points per scoring opportunity, and Michigan went fifty five percent overall success rate in the game, which is a really great number. So you know, Michigan moves on, but this shit in the tunnel, I don't know what what kind of undisciplined team do you have where like eight guys are stomping on a Michigan player, and why are these two teams in the tunnel at the same time? Like, can we stop with this locking hands?
3: That Michigan that they had Michigan also had the peanut butter jelly sandwiches thrown with playing Penn State. <laughs> Well, I don't know what's going on in this Michigan tunnel. Just chaos. Absolute chaos. <laughs> this message goes out
1: to Colin Wilson. Colin, you take a lot of shit, but I just want to thank you. On Twitter, I get the notification. You retweeted the Liddy News. I'm wearing a ridiculous Halloween costume for a party. I immediately go in, put in FIU plus the points, and I leave the party... A little bit drunker, still ridiculous costume with some more money in my pocket. Thanks, Colin.
3: Lydia, he, it was okay. Nothing great. And, uh, yeah, the FIU gets to win a good call in double overtime. I mean, FIU stinks. Credit to Mike Baxter, They have four wins. They could get the bowl eligibility, which is stunning. I will say that the La Tech defense is horrendous. They're a bottom five unit, but uh, great call there.
2: Yeah, and I would like to say thank you for our producers for putting in a nice uh, uh, voicemail. We don't get a lot of those and and uh, well, we do get a lot, but they don't put them in. I think if you're if you're moving forward with LaTeX, Parker McNeil is gonna be about a four point increase over Liddy. So I would suspect that he is gonna be back in. And and so if you see uh, maybe a fun, if you're doing your own power ratings and and, and you see a funky number on LaTeX, just remember there's probably about a four point difference on those quarterbacks.
3: And remember the LaTeX defense is horrendous. I gotta update their numbers, but I think I have them bottom five now. I am here on a beautiful Alabama Saturday afternoon. The
1: tide doesn't play, so I don't have to worry about Bill O'Brien wasting generational talent, and Bryce Young. But yet, I just watched these fraud motherfucking TCU Horn Frogs somehow, some way cover minus seven and a half when West Virginia beat the shit out of them all game. And then I've got motherfuckers texting me saying they took TCU early in the week. Wow, glad my parlay's still alive. You don't even deserve that money. I just, I'm I'm truly speechless. Guys, I swear to god, the f-ing TCU f-ing frogs are the biggest frauds on planet Earth. They cover that f-ing shit. Listen, they, even my goats are upset. Go. Yes bullshit. Appreciate the work and just pray for my goats because they're losing their shit over that West Virginia pick. Yeah, I just wanted to call real quick to say uh, Max Duggan, TCU, Sonny Dykes, every single one of them can go fuck themselves, eat shit and suck my fucking dick. What the fuck was that bullshit last play on fourth down? That was the biggest bullshit I've ever seen in my fucking life. And Colin, how goddamn fucking dare you tweet. Oh, no sweat. TCU seven and a half to mock us,
0: you fucking
1: piece of Fuck you fuck TCU Fuck Sunny Dyke, f Max Duggan, fuck it. All they had to do was TCU just fing hand it off like the original plan was probably. But no. West Virginia had to jump. And then they had to throw it deep. It doesn't matter. You have the first down. Just take
2: a knee. You don't have to go to the end zone and run run it up on them. What are we doing,
1: Sonny Dykes? You dildo. God damn it! I'm out on the golf course, enjoying my goddamn day. Got the game streaming. You know, drinking a couple transfusions, having myself a good old time. I have West Virginia team total over 30 and a half, and the plus seven and a half. They score a touchdown. Miraculous catch. You know, I'm celebrating double winner. I go up to putt my birdie putt. I come back and see that they f- threw a touchdown. Sunny Dykes, I hope. You know, I don't want to wish ill on anyone. I hope you get f- in gonorrhea. You know, something easy and curable. You know, one pill, penicillin, boom, done. Stocky, you son of a bitch. You shit on my goddamn TCU motherfucking horn frogs. We're not out of gas. That eighteen to one. Big 12 championship ticket is sitting pretty. Let's go. Oh, my God. Neil Brown. I fucking hate Neil Brown. God damn it, Neil Brown. Third quarter, run back-to-back goal line fades on third and fourth and goal. Oh, my God, Neil Brown.
2: Listen, I-
3: I mean, first I'll say I collapsed to the ground when that happened. I collapsed. I was like, and and then they had to throw it right to the goal line. Like it could have been a a yard short. And yes, the caller was right. I screamed it on Twitter. Take a knee because look, if you throw the ball there. So once they went outside, you take any of the games over. First down, knees, game over. If you throw the ball there, you could get OPI. There could be a holding call and then it's offsetting. And then you got to do it again. And then you potentially risking your undefeated season. Take the knee, win the game, we cover. Well, uh, you didn't want that, so it worked out for you. But, oh, and I agree, that goal line, play calling, oh, that was the worst beat I've had this season. One of the worst of all time. The chances of that happening were like,
0: oh,
2: one in a million. Listen, what are you gonna do? I, I understand exactly what I was watching that game every play. And so the tweet had to go out that this was a no sweat cover because it was not supposed to be a cover Whatsoever, but I will say this. I mean, the, the TCU averaged 2.05 EPA per play. Everything they did was an explosive play. I will say this, and, and I'm not gonna, I'm not saying this is, um, this has been confirmed or this has been actually told to me straight to my face. Years of betting on sunny Dykes and, um, you know, being in his presence at Big 12 Media Days. I'm just gonna say that I, I am positive. I'm 99% positive. He knows what the spread is every game he goes into. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Enemy number one,
3: TCU Horn Frogs. No. Stillwater. Yes, for me. I don't care if you're not your enemy. Enemy number one, uh, TCU fans, you're on notice. Stillwater, Oklahoma Sands, you're off the hook. I don't care. I'm not going to, I victory lap for a day. I wish you guys luck. I wish uh, economic prosperity in Stillwater and the surrounding areas uh, for all of. Go Pokes Nation to have a happy new year, great holiday season. Those in the Fort Worth area, different story. Coming after you starting next week with Texas Tech. See you later in the week on the podcast. All right, before we continue, as a reminder, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is proudly presented by
4: BetMGM. So kick off the new pro football season with the king of sports books, sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION200 and your first wager is risk free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers
3: not available in Nevada and New York. Moving on.
1: Yes, sir. Listen, guys, Colin, especially, I love you. Woo Suey and all that sh**. But come on, man. I tried to tell y'all, Arkansas is running the table. We're going to the New Year's Six Bowl. We're going to whoop some ass. Hey, Colin. Hey, Scott. Just driving to work here. One thing, all I got to say is, who pigs away! Damn, Colin. Three and a half don't matter. Don't matter! Your grandmother should beat your ass for even suggesting Auburn. Oh my god! Arkansas is the side. The whole way, what are you thinking? Bro, even the analytics say it's Arkansas football, baby! Colin, all I know is your ass is going to be in Tampa watching the Outback Bowl versus big 10 team come january i'm ready for that periscope of oh kj jefferson's playing i see raheem sanders on the field i'm ready baby
3: do it. your hogs ruined my round robin and the round robin on the show i mean that's wow. four or five no complaints but i liked auburn too
2: yeah robbie ashford made plays tank bigsby made some plays but let's get this straight Something happened at the, something has happened within the Arkansas program on offense that people are not noticing. And I mean, Pittman came out and said it during the, after the BYU game, there was strife among the coaches when KJ Jefferson on first and goal against Texas A&M dove four yards out, fumbled the ball and Texas A&M ran it back and won that game. And within so many words, Sam Pittman was like not happy with the play calling and Kendall Bryles in the BYU game decided to start throwing it and doing a lot more different options in first and second down and standard downs. What you got was a 50-point game against BYU and now they're just cracking skulls. This team is back to absolutely bashing teams upside the head. KJ Jefferson is running over everyone that's in He's this He's also pattern.
3: throwing the ball really well. If you look at like the yeah. his stats under pressure, so even Sands, Traylon Burks KJ Jefferson's probably one of the most underrated throwers in the in college football this year because everyone just assumes that like they're not having success throwing the ball. But if you look at his numbers under their offense line's really good, but his numbers under pressure, which tell you a lot about a quarterback, he's playing really well.
2: Well, one of the bigger books in the industry, uh, I'm not going to say what it. I have a close personal relationship with the person that runs it, and they put out Arkansas six and a half back in May, and I just you know slammed it until I couldn't anymore. So happy! I was, it was a little in doubt at three and three. I was a little like, Oh crap. I don't know if we're going to get over six and a half. So I hope that number goes over for everybody that got a piece of that ticket over the months, over the summer, but I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, as far as bowl season goes, I'm, I'm going to the playoff. I'm going to the Fiesta bowl. Uh, so I hope Arkansas is not playing on new year's Eve. I I'll be happy if they're playing new year's day or new year's Eve, but I sadly won't be able to go like I did last year to Tampa to the Outback bowl. So, uh, but I I'm very proud of the hogs. They are, the, the game against LSU is so big. It's such a sandwich spot for LSU. Sammy covers his back. Sammy covers his back. He's got the coaches going the way they want. I And, and I feel like I, last thing I'll say is I'm a little nervous. is a last for Because Barry Odom keeps coming up for head coaching positions because he was a former coach at Missouri.
4: Barry Odom is a joke.
2: Kendall Bryles, not sure if he wants to move on to a, a, another program, be an offensive coordinator. And KJ Jefferson is also going to the NFL. If K.J. is in that bowl game, it is a last hurrah for all of them together, and I expect them to just absolutely drill whoever they're playing. So we'll see how it goes. Speaking of drilling, how about how Al about little drilling Wake Forest? Hey, guys.
1: Uh, I'm just sitting here with uh, Boston College, team total over 26-and-a-half. You know, everyone's like Penn State, Ohio State, this, TCU, West Virginia, that. I just sat here and watched every play of arguably the worst football game of all time. Why do I do this?
2: If there's a better way to cash this Boston college season total under six and a half, I don't know what it is. A loss against UConn in which you were never winning. Oh my God. That's so great. You know what you're good for, Boko? Two things, crippling student debt and season long unders. Can't wait to do it again next year.
1: You got it. Earlier today, I watched Stetson Bennett complete 50% of his passes and throw two picks against Florida. If you are laying double digits with him next week against Tennessee, please reconsider. Donate that money to charity instead. The link is in Stucky's bio. I guarantee the money will be more well spent there than with your local bookie. I'm calling to discuss
3: Collins' uh, Tennessee – football uh, gambling CV for the season. Just keeps fading them and keeps losing. He's got shitty power rankings that literally can't keep up, and he keeps blindly following them. Uh, Let's discuss. So first, um, cute little uh,
1: push
2: on the pit game in OT. Nice. Blowout loss against LSU.
0: Bet UT Martin, loss. Um, Bet a Kentucky opener at like 5 a.m. last Sunday morning. Blowout loss. Um, Colin, here's a message for you. Tennessee has a better athletic department with you against Arkansas. Baseball,
3: basketball, football. Keep fading us. Keep losing money. Your power ratings
1: are f***ing sh-t. Go Vols. I'm back to make fun of Colin for a third time this year, fading the Vols. He's never going to learn. You don't stop this offense. You simply just try to contain it.
2: Listen, you want to piss me off? You really want to piss me off? You bring that Tony Vitello shit in here to this podcast. Don't ever bring up Tennessee baseball again on my college football. You want to get me hot and start flipping my desk? I don't want to hear shit about your Tony Vitello. That guy's an asshole, and he's not coming back. And you know what? When Dave Van Horn retires and he decides that he wants to come back home because he wants to be the new coach of Arkansas because we have better facilities, because we have GMs in Major League Baseball sending their kids to play for us, we don't want you. Don't bring Tony Vitello up on my podcast again. Is you, you got it all out of your system? Fading the balls? It's not a personal thing. I, I'm just asking you. Are you done with it? It's yet? LSU 2019. The power rate. It's not just me. I mean, there's other power ratings out there. People like SP+. People like Sagarin. It's not just me. I'm asking you, though. I'm not asking them. Are you, are you done or are you going to fade them this weekend? I make it 11. I'm staring at two books before. We're an hour before numbers come out. I'm staring at two books. Their pre-line was 11. I'm positive this number is going to be eight or nine. It's going to draw so much goddamn Tennessee money. We'll and, do it and,
3: again, Vals. We'll do it just like Bama. We're, and, I don't care. For, 99% of people are on it. We're on them again. And
2: uh, we'll levice, uh through for 97 yards with three picks. Between Georgia and Tennessee, which secondary plays the better zone? It's it's going to be an impossible handicap to figure out which one of these secondaries is going to stop the other offense.
3: Uh, we'll be we betting Tennessee again. Uh, I've been higher than them than the market all year. And, uh, I will take anything over seven. I would love anything over 10 Rocky top. We're going to win outright. We want Georgia. Uh, by the way. Yeah. Miami never covers. They won 16, 14 and four overtimes in a game with no touchdowns. They still haven't covered a pain. I got a lot of people like saying so much pain because, yeah, laying two and a half. And the funny thing is, Colin, I brought that up on the podcast last week. I said, you're going to have more games where, like, if you're laying two and a half, two becomes more of an important number. Brutal. Uh, no touchdowns in that game. And BC, yeah, they never, co- I think they've covered once and they lose to UConn. They're, they're, they're a corpse. UConn in a bowl, hammer time, baby. Wow. Mother, cow.
1: What in the fuck was that? Explain to me why the fuck teams ever give up. In what f world does a coach say, hey, guys, we just got our asses kicked, so now we're just going to give up. We're not going to call timeouts. We're just going to f- lay down like little fucking and little bitches and say, we're done. That's it. We're giving up. F- cow. Justin Wilcox and fuck Oregon. They can take their f***ing big O. Shout it to the whole world that they have zero national titles. And guess what? Washington's going to go in there on November twelfth and fuck them up.
2: You think that was cannabis, whiskey, beer? What kind of what kind of uh, what kind of voicemail do you think that was? That was weed. <laughs> he was high as shit. Yeah, right, on. Yo, Hawkeyes,
1: first of all, I'm so sick of this team. Not only do I have to watch them, then I have to hear about them on every podcast because everybody's fascinated with their attitude. Anyway, Northwestern, under 13.5, never in doubt. Uh, I got to shout out Stucky. He's a big root for every number kind of guy, and I respect that, and that's why I'm calling because every number definitely did not get home on the Northwestern team total under. I was lucky to get away with a push, but thoughts and prayers brought to anyone who had 12, 12 and a half. I mean, just classless, absolutely classless from, from Northwestern there, trying to punch it in with zero seconds on the clock. Pathetic effort. Hate to see it. Colin, I know you're on a f-ing heater, but I'm at the bar with my boys. People are asking me what the I am for Halloween. And I said, I'm a f-ing
0: idiot for Halloween. Took UMass. <laughs> minus
1: one.
0: Fuck.
3: UMass. That's so. 45? From their
0: 45.
3: 64. You're one and six. They ran it on third down. I was watching that game, I had to stream up watching it. And I'm like, all right, let's put together a drive, UMass. We got this. We're fine. We're playing New Mexico State in the toilet bowl. You're one and six, and you have the ball. You It's third and six at, you know, near midfield in the fourth quarter. They run it for three yards. Okay, fine. That means you're going to go for it on fourth down. I like the play call. Maybe you catch them off guard. You run for six. Now let's go for it. No, 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 no. We're going to punt. One and six UMass is gonna punt uh in the fourth quarter against New Mexico State. You know what New Mexico State does? They put together an eight play, eighty-eight yard, six minute touchdown drive and just bury us. This disgusting. What are you doing punting the ball there? Your season is lost. You're playing a, a another a fellow corpse. You ran it on third and six. Go for it. Fucking clowns. Enough said.
1: Look, I know you had this pick on the show, and I'm leaving the Carolina-Missouri game here. I've been a Gamecock my whole life. I knew you were right the second you put the pick out. Any Gamecock fan that said that we were going to win this game is just f***ing lying. This has just been an ongoing thing for years and years and years. They reel you in, and then they just kick you right in the nuts. There's just nothing worse. And, I mean, this offense is just putrid putrid. We made Brady Cook look like Joe Namath in the first half, which didn't even really end up mattering because we scored 10 points. Jesus
3: H. Uh, I'll say just one quick sentence. Missouri defense is real and they're spectacular, especially against the run. They completely shut down South Carolina's rushing attack. And uh, yeah, they should have won at Florida. They should have won at Auburn. And their offense is a little limited, but that defense, balling. They're gonna ball out against Arkansas in the the game the day after Thanksgiving. That'll be a fascinating matchup. I don't know. I gotta dig into what Missouri's actually doing on defense. Like their they're, their run their is so good, it's ridiculous. I think they're like second in line yards, and it's crazy. I gotta dig into them a little bit.
1: I bet the over in that USC game because the dude with the mustache, um, sources or go that looks like Hitler, kind of – Take the over. USC doesn't get a snap. They start the clock, and the refs still has the ball in hand. They get screwed right before half. That's bullshit, man. F- this
4: <laughs> It looks like
2: I don't even know what to I mean, say. Texas a was
1: the right side to bet in this game, looking at the betting market and all that. But my God, man! I mean, what a freaking horrible, just horrible, awful f- football team. I mean, they couldn't move the ball at all. Their offense is awful. I knew that going in. I still bet f- it. Colin Stuck. This is Rebel Nation. You'll be hearing from me more often because Juggernaut Jutkins just ran a lane train all over that Texas A&M Aggie defense, baby. We got buy a bye week to get healthy for the um, Alabama. Be ready. Moneyline. Ole Miss. SEC West. We're going to Atlanta, baby. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, a quick thought,
3: yeah, quick thought. I didn't watch most of that game. Cause I, I was going to bet Texas AM 2nd half. Of course, after I brought this up and they're up at the half and losing the, the game. I didn't watch much of the, the game. I looked at the box score. It was, I credit old mister in a bad spot for getting up and, you know, they put up 530 yards of offense. A M had almost 500 yards of offense too. What was your uh, main takeaway from that game?
2: Uh, Connor Wigman is probably the best quarterback, at least the one that makes the least amount of mistakes Uh, I think he's playing above his weight right now, especially from his age and experience. It looked like Lane desperately wanted this game. I think whatever's going on between him and Jimbo is extremely personal because he was up for this. And then when you, you know, dive into the box score, like Texas A&M had the middle eight and they did absolutely nothing with it. They had a small lead. They had the middle eight. And then in the third quarter, it all just broke down and they gave up two touchdowns in a row to Ole Miss you look at Texas A&M, 0% success rate in passing downs on second and third quarter. Uh, explosiveness from Ole Miss in every single corner. 1.63 was their their total at the end per play. Uh, yeah, they ran
3: for 400 yards. They they unbelievable.
2: To, uh, I watched two and a half quarters and felt okay that I backed Texas A&M. It's like he went on the show Storage Wars. He bid on one of the storage units. He found a playbook from like 1983 – it was used in the USFL, and now he's still using that goddamn offensive playbook. His offense is so old; it doesn't work. And the defense just got torched. I, A and M's got some decisions to make on their hands, but I mean, Connor Wigman,
3: I, I think it did look good. Yeah, yeah.
2: So every week
1: I do big football pick 'em pool, and basically, if you go five and zero, you take down the whole thing. That's usually how it works. So I do an entry for me. I do an entry for my wife. Tonight, my wife and I, we take the kids. We go to this Halloween party. We're having a nice time. We got the kids. It's a whole thing. The fourth game, the most important game, the key game in the contest that you get to win, she had UCF, which was a bananas game. I got to watch that last drive, watch UCF score the touchdown. I, I can't be distracted. I go, I pretend I'm having diarrhea so I can f-ing leave the party, go to the bathroom for seven minutes by myself so I can watch UCF score the touchdown. I'm like, Holy shit. Okay. We're four and o. we've got four wins in the contest. Fifth win for her entry is UTEP. We have a nice time. We have dinner. We get back home. Okay, get the kids to bed. We have dinner. We're having a lovely romantic evening. UTEP is at halftime. It's tied. She goes, okay, you want to go upstairs? I say, hold on. I just got to keep my little peepers on the f-ing UTEP game, the most embarrassing f-ing game to want to have your eye on. She goes, all right, I- I'm going to bed. I go, okay, all right, well, good night. A, a real Casanova sh- from me husband of the year. But I go, we're going to take down this whole contest. I'm going to watch this UTEP game. <sighs> they give up a touchdown to Middle Tennessee State. The f- broadcast is so f- rinky dink. The the angle of every play is at like a 45 degree angle from the line of scrimmage. It's such a mind f- It's such a disaster. They came back from commercial and the f- play-by-play guy is clearing his throat. It was like a (laughs) oh, hey, welcome back to El Paso. It's just a disaster to watch. And I'm sitting there alone in my living room watching this game, and UTEP puts together a heroic drive. They score an incredible touchdown to tie it 17-17. I'm celebrating. I'm like, okay, we can win this thing. It's called back for one of the worst offensive pass interference penalties I've ever seen. It wasn't even the guy who caught the pass. It was another wideout running running route where the defender just grabs him, and they call it on the UTEP player. In El Paso, the crowd, all 14 people are booing. I mean, Conference USA, more like Conference Russia. That's how disgusting that penalty was. They kick a field goal instead. They give up a touchdown. The wheels fall off a minor nation. We lose the pool. I I, I walk out of my house into my freezing garage to call this number in the middle of the goddamn night. Oh,
3: oh, college football amazing call that was our producer Matt Mitchell uh an
2: amazing I, amazing call this is a this is maybe his number one call but there's yeah, like years ago where he, yeah there's years ago where he said that James Franklin should be in clock management prison and there's trash swirling on the field that 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 might still be my favorite call but uh absolutely
3: uh, it's just so relatable though like you're somewhere he made up like I I don't care if you think I have diarrhea I gotta go to the bathroom for seven minutes and watch this game I will gladly say I have diarrhea uh every a situation like that where it I don't care what you think
2: I, look I got diarrhea I'm gonna be in the bathroom for nine minutes streaming this game on my phone you know um, what, what's you know. funny is is like people like have not taken the route that you and I have right like when, when you and I started doing this together and, and we knew each other years before that we weren't married right and both you and I are married right now and it's and our 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 other halves our wonderful other halves realized that we're not going to go do Pumpkin patches. It. We're not gonna go shop it at home. We're not gonna go make Walmart trips and like have to fake a diarrhea trip. Like it's just you're not gonna. I'm not available from nine a.m. to two o'clock in the morning. Period. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Even okay. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not available in the fall.
3: Yeah. Period. <laughs>
1: period. It is ten twenty three here in good old Texas, USA, and I have been bad beated.
3: I think four times today. West Virginia, such a s- disgusting bad beat. Northwestern team total under twelve and a half. Last
1: play of the game, Texas A&M just getting demolished by Lane Kiffin in the second half was disgusting to see. And then my USC
3: Arizona under seventy five was killed on the final drive of the game, and of course it went way over after that too. So keep up the good work. I will forever
0: tail the boys.
3: All right, and on a positive note, uh, just a fantastic set of voicemails, uh, some highs and lows, some bad beats, some funny. That's what the Monday podcast is all about. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, or Tuesday morning, new BCS Tuesday night with uh, the new Maxion show. Before we get yeah. be out of here, best call, worst call, bet, regret. Oof. Uh, I'll go, I'll go best call, K State, obviously. Uh, I'll throw Notre Dame in there. We didn't mention that one, that was uh. Fairly easy. Worst call, fucking UMass. And then bet regrets Iowa. I know you bet that. I talked about it. It was in my dumpster. And then I like missed the 11 and then was waiting and then didn't bet it. I'm pissed I didn't get the sweat. Iowa, that's a double digit favorite. So yeah, that's my best call, worst call, bet
2: regret. What do you got? Yeah, I'll go worst call Kentucky. I said this was the last time I was going to fade Tennessee. Uh, offensively inept, could not get anything. Give props to the defense, uh, Tennessee defensive line. Uh, was a Byron Young. I mean, uh, absolute animal going to play at the next level. Uh, Will Levis. I don't know. How is this 97 guy seven yards? Three picks
3: against the secondary. He's going to be the number one overall pick.
2: Listen, if you're an NFL GM and you still think he's going to be Josh Allen and he ends up being fine egg on my face. But this guy has been so putrid this year. Uh, so I'll definitely take that as my worst call. I-, I hate to say like Iowa was my best call because I used it on the show. Yeah, I mean, I I took Louisville plus five and a half on open, never wavered, told everybody else to take it. And sadly, it kind of falls into my bet regret because it was going to be my best bet on BBOC. And I took Texas A&M instead Uh, from a bet regret perspective. I'll go Baylor that number. I I made Baylor a much higher favorite in there uh, instead of being an underdog didn't believe in Texas tech whatsoever. And, uh, you know, Dave ran defense first time a quarterback ever sees Dave ran defense. They struggle with it. So, you know, they absolutely blew Texas tech out of the water and now we're going to have a little bit of a sweat on our season under wind total. But, uh, you know, Baylor has been a play on team all year. They've been a sneaky over team all year too. And so, uh, definitely a bet regret there.
3: By the way, I do have to mention for anyone, we've mentioned Maction, absolutely heartbreaking, devastating loss for Eastern Michigan. Who would have been in first place in the division had they won that game against Toledo? Toledo comes back to win on a drive where their backup quarterback, you know, they converted a third and nine. And then on fourth and 10, Tucker Gleason drops back and just throws the ball up in the air, two minutes to go. And the receiver comes down with it. And they went on to score the game winning touchdown. It was heartbreaking. Now, Eastern Michigan's dead. Like Toledo's winning that division. So our next hope is Ohio at home against two on Tuesday. They'll, they'll take over first place. So it's all about the bobs. We'll talk about that on the new action show on Tuesday night. That'll do it for us. Thanks for tuning in as always. Hope you all made some money along with us this weekend. Thanks for everyone who also called into the voicemail. A lot of fun. Thanks to our producers, both of them uh, for going through the voicemails early and our whole audio and video team in the back end. Thanks, as always, to Colin for joining me. And uh, it's time for us to go get to work. Colin will be waiting patiently to hit Georgia on the open. I will be waiting <laughs> patiently for that number to, to potentially rise on Tennessee. Can't wait. Next week on fun, Alabama, LSU, too. It's time for us to go get to work. We will be back later in the week. Shout out to the group of five guys. There will be midweek. Lots of content to come. Uh, make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Leave a review five-star review call of the week by the way uh, i gotta pay the call of the week from last week don't worry i'll get you tomorrow with the new call of the week call of the week is actually matt mitchell but that's no fun the producer i'm gonna go with the guy with the goats the goats the guy with the goats is the goat this week uh if you call from a goat farm and you have goats um, yes and you're bitching about like bet, you win uh so you're the call of the week reach out cash prize thanks for listening shout out to our sponsor BetMGM. catch y'all later cheers peace out